Welcome to the Hunter's Hub. Uh, today is a kind of different episode for us. Uh, just Haru and I, uh, we had some plans to have other people come on, but schedules don't work out sometimes. So we're just going to continue with just uh, Haru and I, and um, we're going to talk about E3 uh, and our usual stuff today. So how are you doing, Haru? Oh, you know, I'm just excited to play another game of Where the World is Monster Hunter World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll get to, we'll get to that for sure, <laughs> um, especially concerning uh, E3 stuff. But uh, uh, before we move on, I'd like to thank Wolfie uh, for the music that she provides, which is well over by this point because I was being jabbery. Um, but uh, as usual, we like to start with what we've been playing, um, and uh, for me. It's been the same things, so I'll ask you first, Haru. Have you played anything new, or same old, or what's going on? Uh, I think what I've been most invested in games-wise this week is probably the uh, weapon trailers for Monster Hunter. True. Yeah, and I forgot to mention, we will get into two of those today. We're not going to do them all at once, because um, we have the E3 stuff to talk about, and just bogging it down with... <laughs> The entire weapon discussion would be a little much, so for sure. So that that's it. You've just been kind of following news. Yeah, just replaying Maurice Combat. Yada yada. Okay. Um, well, for me, uh, I was actually on vacation. I was in Tennessee, which from here in Ohio is like a seven-hour drive. <laughs> um, I had internet, but it was like wonky, and I wasn't able to like really communicate that well. Um, so I only checked in from time to time. So I didn't actually see these weapon videos until I got back uh, Saturday, uh, which is two days ago for us. And uh, as, of, as of the time of recording. And um, I mostly played Sekiro. And I played a lot of Sekiro. Like, everyone else would go to bed, like, super early because they were all tired from swimming. And I would just muscle through and keep playing Sekiro. Uh, and then I also played um, more Titan Quest when I got back. Um... I'll lead off with Titan Quest because um, I talked about the Atlantis expansion that I was super excited for um, and how I hadn't actually gotten into the Atlantis content. Uh, I did, and um, it's actually really small. Like, uh, I had talked about it was like 30 or something hours to get through, like, Act 1 of the game. <laughs> like, the first part of the story in Titan Quest. Um... I would say it's less than two hours of solid play is this new expansion as far as, like, uh, new story content. So it's, like, significantly smaller uh, than any other of the expansions, um, which, in my opinion, isn't a bad thing. It's actually kind of nice because what it does is it tacks on, you know, more you have to do before you can move on to the next difficulty. Um, if you haven't already crossed over before. So is it, so, like, replayable, this uh, this little bit of content? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it Well, so as far as, like, the story part of it goes, uh, it's replayable, but it's, like, replayable in the sense of, like, Monster Hunter story is replayable. You can go back and do those quests, but there's no point to. You know what I mean? It's, like... <laughs> Yeah, you can go get gear and right. go to those areas. So it's but... just farming. Yeah, yeah. Um, they did add something significant to the game, though, which is like a horde mode. 
Um, which, you know, is kind of what an ARPG like Diablo, you know, Diablo clone game is. It's just like yeah, a really long horde mode. It's like adding a horde <laughs> mode to Destiny. It's like, oh no, you're telling me enemies will show up, I don't have to kill them before I progress? Right. Um, it sounds kind of weird, but what it is is basically a small area that is randomly generated with randomly generated monsters and the better like you do waves and the more waves you do the better the gear and they start adding modifiers it's actually a lot closer to um if you're familiar with the, what was the halo game that people didn't like odst Free odst yeah uh odst which i actually really liked um did i talk about odst on the podcast before i mean i don't know but yeah i've like that game as well it's that was interesting with the whole like episodic not episodic but the 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 storytelling method they use with all those different vignettes yeah and i even though i'm not a fan of the show i actually kind of don't like it um it had basically half of the firefly cast (laughs) so that was fun Um, i'm sorry okay that's yeah or that's a tangent right there i'm just gonna get past that one We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, I actually like the, uh, I only have one story about ODST to not sidetrack us too much because we do have a lot to talk about. Um, but a good friend of mine, it was a neighbor's when I was living in the apartments in Dayton, uh, many years ago now. Um, we actually stayed up, uh, uh would uh, stay up on work nights actually to like two or 3 a.m., because uh, <laughs> I was a responsible adult, yay, um, playing ODST at, at his house on his Xbox, because I, I didn't have an Xbox for a long time. And uh, we actually hit um, we actually hit a world record for one of the maps. Uh, we were only number one for like 15 minutes, but we were. Because uh, <laughs> we had almost completely finished a map uh, very early into the game's life cycle. So... That was like the uh, rooftop map, or um, I don't know uh, how else to describe uh, describe it other than you were on a building in the desert. It felt like a gas station more than anything. Oh, like that Um, one that's in the middle of the zoo. This sort of like Sahara like zoo. Oh yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was. That was the campaign mission as you as you run through this wilderness area. It's really just a zoo. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was very yeah, very African looking, very brown grass, very dirt. I thought it was a desert, but that makes sense. It could have been a grassland. Um, It's been a long time, but yeah, yeah, that was my one thing about ODSD. We did super good once, and it was not it was not long lived. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that was that was fun, but uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, back to Titan Quest. So it has like an ODST style horde mode where you get modifiers added on to the monsters as they come, um, and that kind of thing. Whereas there's a, and uh, it's just like that's just sort of like the other end game content that's there. It's uh, it I haven't got. To, I haven't done that yet because that's supposed to be like super end game and none of my characters have really hit super end game. Um, I'm just now with my runesmith, my furthest character able to get into the third difficulty. So once that finishes, then I'll do some of that, which will take a while. 
Um, so yeah, that's it for Titan Quest. Um, second one is Sekiro. Uh, I've been talking about this off and on. I put it down for Mortal Kombat. <clears throat> but I picked it back up because uh, a friend of mine uh, that works at the game store here uh, was like, no, man, you you really got to really keep going. It's worth it. Uh, and I kept going, and I got a lot of progress. So much so that I'm in the final uh, areas of the game, I believe. Um, I've done all sorts of secret stuff that I just sort of found out like on my own. Um, I've looked up how to fight a few bosses because I was just like, this is just ridiculous and I have no clue what to do. Um, but like strategies and that's it. Um, like I had to look up, there's a boss called the Guardian Ape. And um, yeah, the Guardian Ape is kind of rough. Uh, he's this um, giant ape, obviously, but a gorilla more more so than anything who has a sword stuck through his neck. And you're like, okay, that's just kind of gruesome, but whatever. Uh, and I finally killed him. And I was like, cool. I, I, I did it. I did it. No, there's a phase two. I should always expect a phase two. But there's a phase two. And uh, the the whole death animation, <laughs> they fake you out too. Because like when you kill a boss, it's like, it said this this... Kanji comes up and it says what it is in English and it's just like target killed or whatever. Um, oh, so the game's lying then, to you at this point. Right. Yeah, no, it straight up lies to you. So what you do is you grab the sword that's stuck in his neck and you just sort of finish the job and decapitate him with the sword that's stuck in his neck as like the death blow. And you're like, okay, cool. That looks, that looks awesome. I start walking away and I notice the gates that... Uh, the fog gates that's that's normal in a soulsborne game where it's like hey this area is you know you can't get out because the fog or whatever gate is closed the boss room um, i mean yeah every every game has like barriers to boss to boss battles right but the, i mean yeah a wall of flames so, etc the the wall didn't open and i was like okay and then it gets back up without its head and it just picks up the sword that was laid on the ground beside it and its head and it comes at you swinging the sword and its head at you and so it's like a i was like okay that, that, that point. <laughs> basically it was a crazy fight and i was like i spent another good uh maybe hour and a half trying to fight that form and i'm already used up a lot of my healing stuff to get to that area yeah, that area of the fight. So I just looked up a strategy. Is like, okay, I'm basically just doing the right thing, just not the right way, and I I beat it. And um, but one of the crazy things he does is the head screams at you, uh, and there's this uh, all sorts of status effects, like you know, Monster Hunter, we have poison that kind of stuff. In the Soul series, uh, it always has to build up, like it builds up a bar, and then you hit the end. Now you're poisoned. Um, well, they have this one called Fear. And Fear is an auto-kill if it gets all the way up. Um, so when the head is screaming at you, being held in his hands, it builds up Fear. Which I, I, I can buy that, understandably so. If I saw a severed head screaming at me, I, I might be a little afraid. Um, not sure I'd be afraid if I was this hardened, grizzled, grizzled can't-die shinobi. But whatever. Um... So yeah, I, I was having troubles with that fight, but I've moved on past that fight. I've done all sorts of, there's two secret bosses that I've defeated, uh, 
they're secret, so I won't tell what they are, but basically they're not really fights as much as just go do this thing. It's really cool. Um, you end up dealing with some, uh, let's just say, giant obstacles in the game uh, this way. And I've learned how to play the game like uh, immensely better. I've start like I used to. I talked about I had a problem dodging instead of blocking, or deflecting actually, and I've sort of taught myself uh, to deflect better and that kind of thing. And I'm doing pretty decent at the game. I'm not sure I'm going to do the four full playthroughs to see every ending, <laughs> but I'm more inclined to, to do so now. Um, yeah, four playthroughs. Isn't uh-huh. that nuts? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, serious. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. You actually get to keep your gear between playthroughs. You actually get to keep your progression. Um, oh, so it is like, a, like though, an actual New Game Plus, and not like it just start the game again. Right, yeah, it is actual New Game Plus. Um, even though it does get slightly harder, uh, I don't imagine it being hard enough because, like, I've had to go back to do certain things, like uh, that I talked about. I was doing some of that secret boss stuff. Um, and it requires some interactions with people earlier in the game. Uh, not that I missed, I just had to go back and, like, okay, I have this item they said they wanted, and I'm going to go back and give it to them. And, uh, yeah, fighting the enemies in those areas, it's literally like, I hit them once and they die now. It's, (laughs) I've actually, you know, progressed very far since. Um, so I I suspect it'll be uh, a much easier go around the second time, especially not having to look up some of the fights and that kind of thing, and actually being stronger and still progressing in strength in those other playthroughs. So, uh, we'll see. Um, this has b- sparked one thing in me. I do want to play Neo now. Uh, you, are you familiar with Neo? Yeah, it's... I actually played the betas for like 30 hours, but I never actually got the real game. Okay. Uh, I'm planning on getting like the Ultimate Edition of the original Neo and probably playing Neo 2. Um, so, yeah. Um, and that Sekiro kind of inspired that because I like the Soul series, but I like Sekiro more because the movement. And if Neo's movement I know isn't as good, but it's better than let's say Bloodborne, then I'll be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Neo to me is like Dark Souls, but if there weren't quite as many cheap deaths and the melee combat actually felt fun. And satisfying right. to play, and worth your time. Yeah, so <clears throat> that's what I'll probably be moving on to, uh, aside from Mario Maker and whatever else comes out here soon. Um, but yeah, I might be if I finish Sekiro and I don't feel like doing New Game Plus, I probably might do Neo. So yeah, that's it for what I've been playing. Um, well, you know, one thing Sekiro focuses on is. The Samurai Sword. And yes. we have one of those Must Hunter as well. So the uh, yes, the, the weapon trailer long sword. for uh, the Longsword came out. And if you're interested, it'll probably just be worth your time to uh, go to the Must Hunter's channel and look at the light weapons video. Longsword's in there. And they added a new move where you sheathe your weapon... Uh, while it's it's technically unsheathed, but the, the animation is you sheathe your weapon, you hold it there, and it's sort of like a yeah. counter. Yeah, you do the super anime samurai counter. 
This is actually kind of uncanny, because I, I have no way to prove this, but I was, in like the past month before this, I was thinking about like, what could they even add to the longsword? I was like, oh, well, it'll be cool if when you're, because you use the round slash, right, to uh, to sheathe your weapon all the time, it'd be cool if you added a charging attack to like, draw your longsword, because that's very like, uh, uh, thematic, and... It would give the weapon... Yeah, a lot of games that have katanas have that sort of thing, like the draw attacks and that kind of thing. And I, yeah, I see where you're going with that, for sure. Yeah, but these uh, these AI slashes they're adding, I don't think you can do them from an actual sheath state. But Right, but it is like they sheath it, and then it's a draw attack from the sheath as a counter. Right. And, uh, so if you're just at any old point in your combos, you can do this move, and if you land it, it'll, it's a counter, and if you land it, it'll, uh, re refill your spirit gauge, and if you yeah. actually counter an attack, you'll, uh, get a longer period of, of free spirit energy. Good. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> because, uh... As most of you know, if you've been following us for a while now, I'm a longsword main in Monster Hunter World. So are you, Haru, right? That's your... You are already dead. Exactly. <laughs> like this NCH videos. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you use this move uh, during the spirit combo, uh, it'll it'll consume whatever the level of energy you have is. Uh, but it'll be really yeah. powerful if, if you're using, like, red uh, gauge. And if you counter move, uh, you'll get the uh, the level of spirit energy back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like the um... wow. I never remember it. I know Fade Slash. The not Makiri counter. That's Sekiro. I don't know the the counter. It's already in Monster Hunter World. The uh, the the Foresight Slash. Foresight Slash. There you go. But yeah, yeah, that, that slash does your, that too. That consumes your your filled gauge. This consumes your level. Right. It's the helmbreaker that Yeah, helmbreaker that consumes your level. But you're you're well if you try to do the counter and you miss it, it does use your gauge, but if you get it, you get your whole gauge back. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah. So that's oh, it just looks so looks so good, man. They just dunk it on Puke Puke in the video. Uh, they did add the uh, we talked about it a little bit uh, in our trade reaction video, but they added uh, claw attacks, where the slinger turns into a claw and you can grapple onto a monster, and it looks like all of the weapons have some sort of. Uh, grab attack with the claw where they latch on and you can do a special move that weakens the area that you hit um, most of them are hitting them in the head sometimes in the legs or whatever um, but the long sword does this thing where it kind of jumps up and sort of it's like a helm slitter but not quite the same yeah, it's like a multi-hit um, hit, uh, animation right um, that was kind of cool too and we actually saw that in the original trailer also um well, not original trailer, because the original trailer was just a picture of a landscape, but... The reveal trailer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the actual trailer that, you know, actually showed us, uh, you know, Bonborough and 
<laughs> I'm gonna call him Ice Jerry Totus, uh, Bay Totus. Um, yeah, like stuff like that. Like we we actually got to see what Iceborne actually is, other than an ice flow. Um, so like it that that move looks really cool, and they sort of fleshed out in these weapon videos what these attacks, you know, these claw attacks could really do because some some weapons end up using them. Uh, I wouldn't say more, but uh, in, in, in interesting ways. Uh, and I, we won't go into a discussion on it, but the Sword and Shield seems to be one that used it the most dynamically, I would say. Yeah, uh, they're definitely not uh, not uh, behind in the, in, the, in the arms race here. Right, and people thought they were going to be because, you know, now everyone, everyone can fire Unsheath, up. Slinger fire. Uh, and that's right. the interesting everyone thing. Everyone can do it is they've demoed a lot more of this alternate fire mode for the Slayer, the burst fire, where you just shoot all yeah. of your Slayer ammo while sheathed or unsheathed. And it has a high yes. chance of uh, flinching the enemy, which is great if you're, say, uh, in the middle of a spirit combo and you switch to fire that for a second and get the monster to flinch before you continue on because you get a reset, essentially, on your time that you can combo it. Right. Uh, um so about the the clutch claw too it's this it's kind of like the slinger blades like fold forward into this like giant like very alarming looking claw i'll say yeah and you shoot it like the capture net sort of onto a monster and you yeah. and you can move around their body as if you were mounted uh and if you're on their head you can slap them you could make them turn directions, <laughs> and if you want to turn them, uh, you know, 270 degrees, you can slap them three times. Yeah. And then if you use your slinger burst while you're mounted, like, because you can always fire your slinger while you're mounted, uh, to, even though that hasn't really done much before, uh, they'll careen forward like we've seen and just knock into obstacles and fall down. Yeah. Yeah, it actually helps you use the environment in a different way other than, oh, okay, here's the vine tree that I need to get, you know, uh, them trapped in. Or here's get them under the rocks and shoot the rocks on top of them. And it allows you to dynamically use not environmental traps, but use like the walls and that kind of stuff as a knockdown or something. The the Lance uh, weapon trailer had a sick uh, sequence where... The lance like countered a move, which incorporated their uh, clutch claw, grabbed onto the monster, uh, like uh, flew into their face in a shield slam, and like turned the bear off, punched it into the uh, uh, like and uh, to the slinger burst to send it careening into one of those wild spires, and it hit the wild spire yeah. and it crumbled and it fell over because that's the normal mechanic. Yeah, yeah, some good good stuff. World has been very good about making things look really good, really cool. Um, oh yeah, the last thing the other... is just that heavy weapons will create a big weak spot uh, when you use your mounted attack, which is a different uh -huh. choice. It's either the uh, the slayer burst or the mounted attack, and lighter mm -hmm. weapons will uh, force them to drop uh, monster slinger ammo. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen that on a couple of the trailers and. I didn't look at the actual mechanics trailers yet. I just mostly just looked at the weapon trailers so far. But yeah, that that was very apparent, especially for the Sword and Shield and the Dual Blades, is they were both dropping Slinger ammo uh, after doing their attacks. Um, 
Speaking of which, we wanted to talk about a second weapon, and we're going to talk about the Greatsword, which is a heavier weapon. Um, the Greatsword looks like it had another way to go into the true uh, charge slash, is I guess what it's called, the the highest level of it. Um, you can combo it, it from uh, the burst fire. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you, you shortcut it by using the burst fire, which, I don't know, that seems like much as I love Monster Hunter, and especially the trailers, uh, they do have a habit of showing you things that are, um, um, I don't know, sort of like a mad video to a lesser scale. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean? It's, like, like, it's like selective trailer capture. It's like what looks most impressive. That's true, yes, but you're not, I don't, I don't expect that you're ever going to be able to set this up as near as much as people, is it, people feel like that is from general impressions you know what i mean oh no they spent like 20 hours getting each of these shots playing the game oh yeah so like the idea is to stun them with the the slinger burst and then go into the true slash so that you can you know basically it's when you do the front flip with the great sword to hit them with a charge flash and uh it does two hits so that's the initial charge and then when you hit they jump and do a front flip forward um, and that's basically what most great sword users go for, because uh, it's the highest damage. Um, but the idea is to shortcut that with the slinger burst. I just don't see that slinger burst really setting it up as well as they're selling it. <laughs> so what, uh, like what we explained about the slinger burst and the charge or the clutch claw? Uh, that's the lion's share of what great sword is actually getting in terms of weapon updates. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is interesting because it has some it has some synergies. Uh, like you're saying, you don't necessarily expect the, uh, the the stunning impact of the of the slinger fire to help too much. Always do his job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the what might help more is the the mounted attack uh, with the clutch claw, where you create a weak spot on the monster because Greatsword can really capitalize on different weak zones. Right. Um, the only thing else about it is the greatsword uh, mounted attack, the new one. What do they call it? Just What are these, like, the weakening open as the opening attacks? That attack? Uh, Real clutch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Basically, you slam the sword after doing a charge. You actually charge up on on while you're stuck to him, or hanging on to him, or whatever you want to call it. And uh, you <laughs> slam the sword into them, and then you j- basically jump up and then use the hunter's weight to force the sword the rest of the way through the monster. Obviously, not realistic, right? You're not actually shoving the sword through the monster and cutting off something, but it gives that aesthetic, and it looks really good. <laughs> Yeah, the clipping, the clipping that's kind of inherent in video game combat definitely looks very strange when you slow it down with these all these mounted attacks, right. even in the vanilla Monster Hunter world. Right. But yeah, it's kind of like. I think. I mean, I think the the later on the the the, the switch axe was like embedded in Anjanath's brain, like way at the back of its jaw, like just in its face. Yeah, like how is that thing still alive? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like I mean, that's always kind of been the uh, 
thing about Monster Hunter. It's like, yeah, even though it's a giant monster, you take a great sword. I mean, if you actually manage to hit like a front flipping great sword smash in you know in, into a, a skull of any monster, I'm pretty sure it's dead. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure like that impact kills you. On the flip side, I'm pretty sure one tail flip from another monster kills you too. Like, I think it goes both ways, but, you know, it's a game, so... Right. You can't have the fights end in one hit unless you're playing, uh... What was the game that I like to play? Some I don't know, it was a fighting game that involved katanas, and you could die in one hit. The Samurai one? <laughs> Samurai Showdown? Yeah. Is that what it's called? No, it's an older game. Yeah. Bushido Blade. Okay. There you go. Bush- That's the other one. Bushido Blade. <clears throat> yeah, um, but yeah, it's not Bushido Blade here. We're playing Monster Hunter, and it's ten to fifteen minute fights, so you can't die in one hit, scrub. <laughs> uh, Sorry, but yeah, <laughs> unless it's Behemoth, which auto kills you in one hit with a meteor. But anyways, yeah, um, those are just of what we want to talk about the weapon uh, videos for now. Uh, we're going to be covering the rest of them. With, you know, as we go with subsequent episodes, just because it's a lot to talk about. Um, so the rest of this show uh, is going to be E3 and, you know, what we're excited for. And we're going to do a couple of predictions also. Um, if anyone listened last year, um, Haru, uh, who was a guest at that time and not a co-host, I, th- I believe, right? Or you had just come on as a co-host. Yeah, I think it was later that year that you were uh, looking for... Right. Um, so, uh, what ended up happening is we had a predictions with a uh, previous co-host Lobrin, uh, or now known as Toasty Smiles. Um, I think it was. I think it was still. I don't the artist know. formerly known as Logistics of it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so Toasty and I had these, all these predictions of what the next like, because we were like, okay, Monster is going to do this at E three, this in E three, and like we were had all sorts of speculation. And a lot of it was dealing with the kind of stuff we're getting in Iceborne as far as, like, it's an ice map and that kind of thing. But that was based off of a, a leak uh, that had happened that was wrong on a lot of aspects, um, to our knowledge, right, as of this point. Um, but we had all this expectations and Ogre and all this stuff. And Harder comes in and it's like, nope, nope, nope. And he gives us the most tame predictions uh, that he can get. And Haru won by, like, 50 miles on this prediction episode. In fairness, <laughs> that, that rumor was stunk to high heaven. That thing was so glowingly wrong to me. <laughs> yep, yep. And the rest of us kind of fell for it. Or we were just too excited to really take a deeper look at it. I think that's where I was. It was like, no, 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 no. I like this stuff. I'm just going to believe it. <laughs> it is funny, though, that like that one pre- predicted Zamtrios. And this trail- the trailer we got was such like a troll for Zamtrios with the shark Oh, thing. yeah. I mean, I actually... Forever. I don't even... I think it's actually there's a chance that they might include Beitotis and Zamtrios to create sort of like a, a, a... like a northern aquatic themed sub-area anyway <clears throat> right i mean there is the ice flows area that we haven't seen yet in the map i mean we know that exists right we know that there is a shore area of the map right yeah we know it's in the, at least in the skybox of the zone we just don't know i think in the trailer they showed an area where you're standing on an ice sheet 
but that it was very right. like snowstormy, so it's hard to see. Right, and in that area, I think I think in that area is where they actually had the trailer for. Uh, wow, not Valstrax. What is his name? Valkana. Valkana. So Valkana, yeah, Valkana. But uh, the uh, Valkana trailer kind of shows us that kind of area. Which is actually where Zamtrius normally is, in sort of like an ice flow, you know, frozen lake kind of area. Not, you know, not hard, tundra, solid ground. Like, <laughs> it's going to be hard to burrow through. But, um, so yeah, so there's there's still possibility for him. But, uh, yeah, so let's, let's get to just talking about... You know, like, what we're excited for. Uh, we're also, you know, we've moved away from Monster Hunter, not entirely uh, as a podcast, but we are more also more general podcast th- these days. Um, so we're actually going to be talking about some other things outside of Monster Hunter and E3. Just not the days um, when a Monster Hunter trailer comes out. Right. Yeah, we're just a little too excited. <laughs> but, uh, so, Haru, let's start with you. What are you just generally excited for for E3 right now? Oh, um, this is a strange year, I'll say. I, I feel this way on a lot True. of gaming years, because at this point, I'm mostly excited for two expansions, which is Persona 5 of the Royal and Iceborne. Uh, yeah. And Persona 5 of the Royal is so far out of the park, not even close to E3, because uh, it's coming out next year in the West. But Microsoft did show a... a Weird in engine trailer for Halo Infinite last year. Yes. And we don't know what it is, really. No, and they they're trying their hardest to keep to catch up with what the the glory days they used to have. Y- yeah, they're definitely Microsoft is aggressively pursuing studios and investing more in actual first party development. Right. And this game, Halo 5, came out in 2015. So it's it's not going to come out this year. There's no way. But if it did, it would be four years in development already. So it looks like it's going to... I mean, I would say the signs point to 2020 and it being a launch title. Mm-hmm. Maybe even cross-gen, but I don't know. Yeah, um... The uh, I've I've always liked Halo. Um, Halo was the reason I got it. Xbox 360, Halo 3 actually. So um, I haven't talked about Halo too much, but I've always liked it. I've always liked first-person shooters. I've always liked Halo for its uh, vehicle combat um, specifically. Um, I used to make it my thing to get roadkill little badges uh, <laughs> to hit people with warthogs, or <laughs> which are which are the jeeps. Um, and uh, yeah, it, I've always loved it, so I would love to see Halo Infinite, you know, do a good showing and get us excited again. Is that going to make me buy an Xbox One? Most likely not. Um, but I would like to see it come back in a big way. So I'm I'm, w- I'm with you on that one. Uh, just I just I can't afford an Xbox One. <laughs> yeah. On top of everything else. At this point, I doubt I would buy an Xbox One for this game. Because they say it seem it seems like we're heading in a direction that the next gen consoles are going to be backwards compatible. Yeah, yeah. I think Microsoft's made statements to that like years ago now at this point. Uh, yeah, that they, you could play Xbox One games on. 
Anaconda. <laughs> oh my god, that stupid song. Um, but yeah, I guess you're a fan of Halo. What could make you more invested in the series? Because I assume you haven't played five. Mm, no, I didn't. Is that the one where the the weird light dudes were? I played a little bit of it uh, at a friend's house. Yeah, the like, Prometheans <laughs> were in four, but yeah, yeah, they returned again in five. Okay, so I played four. I don't think I ever played five. Five is the one where they had the rivalry between the new guy and Master Chief, right? Only in the trailers, really. It's not in the game. <laughs> that was yeah, the most yeah, bizarre yeah. Let's Play I ever watched. Like, what, what, wait, aren't they... But yeah, Microsoft PR. I heard a lot me? about it at the time, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, unfortunate storytelling, as I heard. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Halo. Uh, Halo Five was strange. Uh, even though I haven't actually like firsthand played it. It's like they kept reusing a mini boss who's like one of the Prometheans, and he was like a night protector, and he has just not great. Um, and the end of the game, it sets up this cliffhanger where Cortana is evil, but also she's alive again after four for, for reasons. Um, yeah, it's. <laughs> I wish that yeah. I, I hope they just scrap that. Honestly, I don't really care about fighting Cortana. I, I don't. I don't like story resets are always kind of lame. Like to make the the elites or whatever the covenant the bad guys again. But at the same time, yeah. it'd be interesting to go back to the ring and just have them just blow out, like Halo 1, because that game is so dated at this point. Like, do a blowout right. sort of reimagining type thing. Yeah, we could... That might work, because if, I mean, if you just, like, make some contrived reason why we're back at war with the Covenant, it just does it, it just throws in the face all that growth between, you know, Arbiter and Master Chief... You know, to understanding each other through Halo 2 and 3. It just blows all that out of the water. Like, you know, when the Arbiter's like, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, guys, we're... And he gets, you know, labeled as a traitor and all that kind of stuff. And, um, it's it just, like, it just throws in the face of that whole thing they've done before. So I hope they, yeah, either reimagine or do something entirely new with it and just sort of try to work their way around the story and... <laughs> You know, not make it so contrived, but yeah, that's that's awesome. Hey, hey uh, Fortron, what it's so easy? <laughs> right. It's <laughs> a great dialogue in uh, Halo Three. Yep, yep, I get it. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, one of the things I'm super excited about that is sort of like Halo, uh, at least they wear similar armors, is Doom. Uh, Doom Eternal. Uh, uh, we had a good showing of it uh, last year. I think last year they just teased it, and then uh, was it QuakeCon? We got the full on like trailer, like "Hey, or here, here's what this is." It showed a lot. Uh, so yeah, and it has all sorts of crazy stuff that you know, grappling hooks and all that kind of stuff. They've added in dashes. Um, so a lot more tactical movement within the sort of like battle chess, the you know live battle chess that they created. Um, I love the Doom series. I'm I've actually been replaying more classic Doom. Also, I didn't mention it in what I've been playing because I only been playing it sparingly. But again, playing classic Doom because I love it so much. 
Um, but uh, the, the new Doom Eternal, the only thing I'm really excited for to see out of E3, obviously I just want to see more stuff, right? I, I love the game uh, series, and I love Doom 2016 uh, and the classic Dooms as, you know, entirely separate but similar <laughs> entities. Um, but uh, the the release date is what I'm most excited to see. Uh, it's still supposed to be this year, but we don't know what day, what month even. It just says 2019 so far. So I'd like to see that. Uh, I guess I would say I'd like to see more monsters too. We got the dramatic return of the Arkvile, which is a notorious classic Doom monster. Uh, and just to go into a little detail why it's uh, it's so infamous is the uh, the game works on projectiles, as you know. like It's a shooting game, right? But most of the enemies have slow-moving fireballs, or that kind of stuff. Nothing is a hit scan, which is an immediate aim at you and hit, uh, except for the lower lower enemies like zombies. Except for the arc file. The arc file is one of the most damaging hits you can take, and it's a hit scan. As in, if you are in its line of sight, you are going to take damage. Uh, and it'll kill you for other reasons too, because the fact it knocks you up in the air and back, and it's like, okay, this is a game about... 2D movement, which you're trying to break that into 3D movement, and you can't jump into <laughs> classic Doom. So, arc files were always like a big problem to deal with, especially if there's multiples. And, um, yeah, to see him come back in that trailer at the end of that, you know, gameplay trailer was not only amazing, but it makes me excited for what else are we going to see. I, they've teased other m- monsters in art and that kind of stuff. Um, like supposedly there's like a anti-hero that is like the doom slayer except not him sort of like his like mirror opposite i suppose did they did they say this game's gonna be co-op uh i didn't see anything about co-op but they did talk about uh uh dark souls slash demon soul styles invasions oh right (laughs) that's the multiplayer feature yeah uh they have uh, random players coming in as um, uh, demons, and I in the trailer they showed actually two. Uh, one person came in as a mancubus, and the other one came in as um, I don't remember what the other one came in as. I want to say a revenant, uh, which that might be just be colored by the fact that both the mancubus and the Re- Re- revenant were playable as monsters in the death match, but. Uh, who knows? Like it, it looks really good. Um, I will be getting it as soon as I can, and I'm just want to see that release date. So, uh, is yeah, there another guess, thing you're I super? I guess the first Doom reboot had that emphasis on playing the monsters. So yes, or becoming a demon even. So yeah, in the multiplayer specifically, yeah, they're carrying the that death through. Uh, and one of the things they said with invasions. this is that they're going to put more of an emphasis in sort of like a campaign and like sort of world building during the campaign. Right. Uh, and Doom Eternal, what they showed at Gamescom, looked like Diablo in space, basically. Where you have all <laughs> like the ooh, red, hellish areas, flash, yada, yada. And then yeah. you go to like this weird like planet, and there's these like, big imposing gates, and it's all dark blue and like ethereal looking and it looks like the reaper of souls trailer essentially <laughs> well so that i learned a bit of interesting lore um so i didn't 
I love Doom's story, but Doom's story doesn't have to be, you don't have to deep dive into it. Uh, and I didn't really do like a full, like 100% read all the codexes kind of thing. Uh, however, uh, I have learned that the reimagining of Doom that we're in, the current like Doom Eternal, what it's based off of, uh, isn't even close to the same story of what Doom Guy went through in the classic Dooms. Doom Slayer, it, the bit one of the biggest changes. Doom Slayers is like, is like he used to be part of some like protectorate order, and that kind of thing. And now he was uh, he betrayed his people, but now he was like in hell for eons, and that's why he opens up in the sarcophagus beginning of Doom twenty sixteen. Like, and then he they call him the Doom Slayer because he just kills demons and he's full of rage and he's like a superhuman awesome warrior, and all this sort of lore around him and kind of stuff, and which literally before it was like hey you're a marine who punched out his supervisor three years ago like that was his story (laughs) um well like one thing i learned is that hell isn't like actual like you know like religious hell like what was implied in the classic doom uh and with some alien influence in classic dooms um there's actually like a realm that is hell. It's kind of like Mortal Kombat in as far as like they're conquering realms. And the Doom guy was from a conquered realm uh, that just went mad and started killing everything. And Earth is one of those realms that is trying to be conquered. So it's it's very from different. From the level they I, showed, I think that was a bit far along. Yeah, it was just, but this is all stuff that was in Doom 2016. You just had to read it. Oh, okay. It's like uh, the fact that he was part of the the Knights Order or whatever. I can't remember the Knights Watch or whatever. That, that they make that kind of clear, but they don't really explain who they are or what they are. They're actually protectors of another realm. And in the process of Doom 2016, you kind of learn different things about that kind of stuff. But like basically, now. I, they didn't get too far in the story, but I'm assuming Earth is in the, you know, what we know as Earth is what's the target now, and Doomslayer is protecting them, kind of, but more in the stance that he just wants to kill the shit out of the demons, and don't think he really cares <laughs> about Earth that much. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Alright, so... Um, are we on to predictions? Um, wait, we can just kind of rapid fire the other things that we were excited about. Uh, for me, it's just Nintendo Direct. I have no idea. I'm just excited for the Nintendo Direct. I always am because <laughs> they're my favorite. And Sony's gone, so right. Like uh, they have to show uh, actual gameplay. Gameplay of Animal Crossing, but gameplay of Animal Crossing. Uh, <laughs> and, like, they have to show more, something more concrete of Luigi's Mansion, because we saw, like, a couple right. tech demo clips that looked like a 3DS game. But they have right. a lot to, like, get through just of what they've already announced. And Fire Emblem, too, that's coming out soon. Right. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Metro Prime um, is in no way going to be at E3. It's a weird E3. It's yeah, yeah. There's there's no way Metroid's going to be there. So, um, do you have anything else that you're excited for that you'd like to quickly mention, or we just move on? Well, uh, I just wanted to like 
Because Sony's not attending E3, so Last of Us and all that stuff is not there, even though we got a release date this year for uh, Death Stranding. And then... Yeah, they kind of dropped all that stuff at the the whatever PlayStation-specific conferences now. Yeah, the... PlayStation State of Play. Actually, that was just a trailer, just that they released randomly. Um, right. But, yeah, and, and Nintendo's not going to be showing Metroid Prime or, like, any big new temple game probably and then well, we don't know we don't know for sure but yeah i mean they said they're focusing on 2019 again the current year so in case you didn't know it's 2019 right now but, uh <laughs> listeners but and then bethesda is listeners is, from the future <laughs> bethesda is attending Sorry. but they're not showing any bethesda rpgs uh so it's it's a weird year for e3 Right. Okay. Well, let's get to it. Um, so our predictions, we're going to do three each. Um, one specifically tying to Monster Hunter, just because of our excitement for it and you know our roots as a Monster Hunter show. And then uh, two general uh, uh, sort of predictions, and we'll just sort of back and forth. So, Haru, I'll let you start out with uh, whichever one. It doesn't have to be the Monster Hunter first or... So I just, Whichever one you want to do. I just kind of wanted to open this up. Where do you think uh, this Iceborne trailer we've been kind of hinted at is going to show up at E3? Which conference, if any? Well, it's not going to be Nintendo. <laughs> no way. Well, yeah, presumably. Because we're not getting World on Nintendo. I think they've made that kind of clear. Um, unless they lied to us again. Like, they lied to us... <laughs> Yeah, I guess it can't show up at any of the the, the third party conferences. So... No, I think um, I haven't heard anything about a Capcom conference. Yeah. So I uh, that leaves to me the only idea being Microsoft. Yeah, uh, I guess I guess it'll probably at that rate. I think it'll probably be just be a standalone trailer because they still have some weird that deal with Sony. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, Capcom's going to be there, but yeah, they don't have like a show floor or anything as far as I know. <laughs> I think they said Iceborne's going to be hands-on for, uh... Right, and I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be at the Xbox stuff. I don't know. Oh, don't they have that's a booth my that guess. Capcom? I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't, I haven't looked at the four plants yet. I think they do, because, I mean, people like Sony dropped all of their space and there's even things like like indie indie conglomerates moving in right huh who knows maybe capcom does have a booth and are just you know dropping a trailer you know not in a conference and the trailer is gonna be playing at their booth the whole time <laughs> that uh i didn't really think that one through <laughs> i mean, sony out with out of there reduces a lot of possibilities anyway fortune what do you got Oh, just spring it on me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to end with my Monster Hunter prediction. Uh, so my first prediction is uh, that we are going to see... <laughs> this, is a, this is a long shot, okay? But this is a Bethesda one. Uh, my first prediction is that we're going to see... Um, kind of a sweeping Fallout 76 under the rug. <laughs> Um, 
and the fact that they're going to be announcing a new game and not really talking much about Fallout 76. They're going to be like, our focus on a new game. And I don't know what that new game is going to be. Uh, I would love to say Elder Scrolls 6, but that's too far away as far as I understand. Um, um, Fortran, did you did you watch the Bethesda conferences these past few years? Yes, specifically because of Doom. <laughs> they talk about Elder Scrolls Legends every year. I'm there's no way they're not bringing up Fallout 76, unfortunately. Okay, well that's my prediction. Not that's like unfortunately, like oh I'm so up in arms. Unfortunately, like eh, they're gonna it's gonna be a little bit slow. Yeah, well, I'm not like completely ignore it, but the sweeping under the rug isn't. Yeah, we know there's issues, but hey, look what's coming out. <laughs> like, sort of like okay. slide of hand it away. Oh yeah, they're definitely yeah, that's what I really show their mean. content plan because they have like the nuclear winter thing this summer, which is confusing timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose. Kind of like Christmas in July. Um, okay. So what's what's your first one? Uh, back to Bethesda, I mean, Arcane. They, their last game was Dishonored 3, released in the end of 2016, and uh, then in May of 2017, they released Prey, the reboot. So they're going to... It's, it's time for them to announce something. They're probably going to have a game that's out end of this year or next year, because releasing those two games at uh, that time frame, they have two internal studios. Or wait, not internal. Maybe they have two locations, like one in the U.S., one in France. Yeah. And uh, two developers, so one of them we're probably going to see a lot about. Whether that's Dishonored okay. 3 or a new IP. I, okay, I mean, so we're going to see something from either Arcane or the other studio that's sort of closely tied to Bethesda. Bethesda love their sequels, uh, but I think yeah, no kidding. that studio in particular could do a new IP. Uh, I I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's up in the air for me. <clears throat> okay. All right. Um, so for my second prediction, uh, I'm gonna go with a Nintendo one, and I'm gonna say that <sighs> this is a long shot. So, I'm all my predictions are gonna be wrong. I'm just gonna accept it. But I like having fun with this. So I'm going to say that we're going to get a new Mario Kart. I mean, like, they have to at some point. Right. I think now is the time for the Switch. I mean, technically we are getting a new Mario Kart. The the, the, the beta for that stupid phone, phone game is out. <laughs> Mario Kart uh, Tour. You know, I didn't even know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> assume there's a phone game from Mario Kart now? I haven't heard this. Oh yeah, they're making all the mobile money, Nintendo. They're recommitting to first party development. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> Oof. You see a little, like, trajectory arrow where your car is driving in front of you on the track because you have to control it by, like, moving your thumb left to right on the bottom of the screen in portrait mode. Oh boy. Okay. Wow. I uh, yeah. But yeah, like I'm an actual. You mean game. Mario Kart Nine? So probably. Yeah, I mean like uh, Mario Kart Switch. You know what the next iteration of the series is. I'm very ready for that to happen. 
I mean, my backup would be Pikmin 4, but I've kind of lost hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So. They still have to show, like, the Pokemon game. Oh, no, wait. The Pokemon game has their separate direct ahead of E3. Right, yeah, Sword and Shield. So, they still have to show Pikmin 4. If that, oh, that's such, Miyamoto is so, like, that game is almost nearing completion, he said in, like, 2016. Maybe it went through, uh, maybe it went through the, uh, Metroid pre- treatment, but they're like, ah, no one gives a care, no one gives a crap as much as Metroid, so we just won't say anything. <laughs> what are you gonna do? It's Pikmin, it's, like, isometric. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Pikmin 3 was done really well. <laughs> I liked it. But yeah, um, I'd, be, I'd be ready for either of those new games. Either of those sequels. So number number two for you. Um, This is not a prediction so much as it is a saga. So people... There was a date on the Nintendo eShop that Cadence of Hyrule, that uh, Crypt of the Necromancer sequel... Uh, yeah. was dated for the 30th of May. But now it's yeah. been changed uh, as that passed. So it's now got June 20th on it in the system file, in the, like, shop files. So... Yeah. The, this game was originally announced for spring, and spring, summer starts on June 22nd. So <laughs> this would be the very end of spring. Right. There's been enough time since they released Crypt of the Necrodancer for them to make a new game, but I just... I'm not sure it's going to come out. I think it might get delayed. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Because uh, Super Mario Maker 2 is out in a week from then. So why yes. is Nintendo releasing... Well, I guess it's an indie game. But why would, why would it release right... right together like that when they don't have big exclusives every month uh, it's kind of be like uh, you know like what they did to poor Titanfall too Just sending it out to die <laughs> oh man I love that game it got it got reamed so hard by EA uh, but yeah I'm that, just excited for Cadence of Hyrule I think we'll see more about it in the Nintendo Direct okay yeah I I, I yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> okay, so down to our final predictions, which I think both of us saved the Monster Hunter one. Um, my prediction, and this is going to be, again, entirely wrong, but again, I like I like having fun with this. Um, so we are going to see. Uh, we talk about the ecological niches, niches, however you want to say it. Um, in Monster Hunter World, and we know that the Horfrost Reach has two of the lower end already. Um, so we need the middle and the apexes, or apex, middle and the apex. I I feel we're gonna get three new monsters. I think I think we're gonna get two middle and one apex, and I feel like one of those is gonna be Barrieth, the pseudo dragon or pseudo wyvern that is the saber cat <laughs> with orange tusks yes let them come let them sit confusingly next to baroth in the hunter in the monster list and confuse right. all the new players i mean they both debuted in monster hunter tries so it was always confusing barioth and baroth <laughs> right 
Yeah. It's yeah, it's unfortunate naming conventions uh for the the localizations, but whatever. <laughs> that is it's not it's not a complicated prediction, but it is. I think we we have to see, you know, what is going to fill out that ecological niches in uh in Horfrost Reach and I'm pretty sure that wherever he is, Barioth is going to be there. I mean, the Horfrost Reach it looks so similar to the Tundra from Try. It does. It does. Like that, that kind of alpine and like big, big glaciers kind of rushing by, like we're at the base camp for the original game and all the jagged geometry of that big ice ice cave mass. Yep. And yeah, and that's also where we first saw Barrieth. We also saw Jigginox, uh the first time in that area. And Sticky and Zanogar. <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> That wasn't that game, but Devil Joe actually. We first I mean, saw it wasn't try. It was it was three ultimate that did that, but yeah. They actually introduced um, Devil Joe in that map, though. It's true. Well, I don't know because Devil Joe was introduced in wherever you you freaking got murdered by him in high rank, and you weren't ready for him. Oh, <laughs> he was introduced in your nightmares. Right. I think I guess they did do that basil geese kind of thing. Yeah, he's always been that way. He's always been uh, <laughs> the roaming destroyer. Him, him, and Basil Geese, for sure. But yeah, that, that's always been one of my funnier stories with my uh, friends from Columbus uh, that play Monster Hunter with me occasionally. It was their first Monster Hunter was try, and <laughs> to hear my friend scream like a girl, "What is that?" As Devil Joe erupts out of the ground. <laughs> It was his first high rank quest. Because <laughs> we're like, okay, we got to get you some high rank armor. What do you want to try to farm? And <laughs> we were going to farm Curry Becco. And I was like, this is a bad idea. <laughs> this is a bad idea. He does the wrong roar. <laughs> and of course, he did the wrong roar. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's mine. What about you, Haru? Um... Okay, so I've got one that I think either your prediction or my prediction has to come true. I don't think that okay. I think this is or casting too wide of a net, especially me. Uh, I think we're going to see either <laughs> not going to make it uh, so all inclusive. I think we're going to see either Giganox or a new Cave Wyvern. By Cave Wyvern, I mean. These sort of skinless, sort of albino, like pale cave creature that's blind. Basically, only has a mouth, really. Okay. And so, would Kazoo not qualify? Are you specifically leaving out Kazoo? Uh, it's a cave wyvern, but I don't think we're going to see necessarily Kazoo. Okay. So he's half credit if we get him. <laughs> I got no, no, no. It. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not betting on Kazoo. So. If if he comes, okay. I'm wrong. So, but anyway, okay, because we, we've seen the they're adding uh, Narcacuga in, they're adding pseudo wyverns back in. I think, yeah, and, and Jiganox is a pseudo wyvern in, in body structure for sure. Even though he was categorized, well, they're all categorized as fighting reference. Never mind. Yeah, I think like because Tri's Tundra it introduced two pseudo wyverns. And those are some of the only unique ice enemies in the series. I think we're, we have to see at least one more of them. 
Or or yeah. why were they? Why did they pick Narihuga at all? Really, just economically speaking, yeah. for this expansion. Yeah, they had to have created the the pseudo model for sure. It's not it's not similar enough in movement to to repurpose a flying wyvern. I know I wouldn't think so. Again, I'm no expert. I'm only a a small time developer that works part time on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't think so. But then again, I've never done that. So, you know, I think uh, you're actually maybe a bit more likely with this prediction because the the caves that have shown in the Horfrost breach are there's still like an opening to the sky. Able- They're not like sightless. They're not. They haven't right. shown like an just... extensive cave system. <clears throat> you know, as big as they are, it might be Gammoth. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I don't know. Like I I like yours. I think I don't see it uh I don't see it as ridiculous whatsoever. Um I think banking on Barrieth is maybe a little risky. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't, I feel like by now they would have talked about Barrieth, but maybe they haven't just because like, well, people know about him. I don't know. I feel he's, a, he's more high. If he, I feel he's more high profile that they wouldn't keep him secret this long, but hmm. who knows? I could be wrong. I think it's um, nothing to try <clears throat> high profile, regrettably. Um, Devil Joe. Yeah, yeah, people played it in four is the thing. Um okay. I want <laughs> I wanted to just like have a small discussion. What do you think do you think we're gonna see gameplay of Vol- of Velcana? And do you think we're gonna get a tease of some sort of end boss at the end of the trailer? Because they've been doing teases. Um yeah, so I agree with you there. I think I think um so this is not part of the predictions, this is just candid thoughts i suppose i think we are going to see a new trailer because i think a i think they specifically said that and b i think we will see whatever the end game boss is in quotations as a tease because they always do that they've done that since monster hunter one and they did that did they do that in world actually no not in world um is it, so they may, things they may just leaked for, for world Regrettably, right. Um, so it's 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 an established thing that may have moved away from, but yeah, I could see them teasing. I could see it happening. Um, uh, I don't see. I don't know. I I don't see Valkana. No, actually, you know what? Based on what they said in the the sort of uh, state of play. Uh, teaser that turned into um, <clears throat> that turned into the oh gosh the just, spring my, my update? words are escaping yeah yeah the spring update uh, that that show specifically said that we're going to hear more about Volcana soon so I think that does say that we're going to see what is happening there specifically oh did they interesting Uh, yeah um unless i'm misunderstanding that i'm pretty sure we are going to see what volcana is capable of maybe not all of his tricks but i mean 
We knew almost everything about Devil Joe before he came out. We knew almost everything about Lunasta before she came out. It, you know, like, like they don't really care about the spoilers as much as they're talking about this is how this monster fits and this is what they're capable of. Like, they like showing it off. You know what I mean? That's the way it's been with Monster Hunter World is showing off. Um, yeah, they definitely show most of the monsters before they come out. Actually, Lunastra was a bit of a surprise, because essentially what we're talking about here is Elder Dragons always have some, some sort of a twist. Like, they don't just breathe fire, they uh, they can be volcanoes at times that erupt, like, <laughs> as such. Um, yeah, we're, whereas Monster Hunter is usually a very grounded, like, uh, as realistic as you can get with Fighting Dragons kind of series, um the elder dragons have always broke that rule. The elder dragons have always been mystical and, uh, you know, storied and legendary as much as I hate, you know, them doing that kind of crap. They're, they're set pieces, <laughs> right? Like Lunastra right. created the flames and then all of her attacks like chained into the flames and blew them up in like gusts and all the particle effects would kill you. Right. The particle effects would cover your scream and you would die in real life. <laughs> um, but yeah, essentially Vulcana is, we've seen like blizzardous kind of Cushala Deora like qualities to it. Uh, and we've seen the stuff about its song, but we don't know how it combines those or what its twist on ice magic is. Because this is, this is the first like core, like originally designed ice element Elder Dragon. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, are we, uh, does that wrap it up, or do we have more to say? I'm just, the more I'm thinking about it, I'm going to sneak in one prediction under the uh, finish line, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think they're going to show Elatrion as the ending tease. I don't think we're going to see a new monster. Uh, Fair. In that department. I, yeah. We'll see new monsters yeah, generally, but not that they're not going to show the final final boss yet. Sure. Okay. Alrighty, folks. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, this has been Fortwan. You can catch me at Hunter's Hub Pod on Twitter. Uh, I've been tweeting about a lot of different things lately. I think my latest tweet was talking about the John Bain uh, uh, documentary that came out recently uh, by Different Level. Uh, really good. You should check it out. Uh, I didn't talk about this too much last year because, well, there was a lot of personal reasons that I had <laughs> issues last year, and uh, John Bain's death actually happened to be, um, not a catalyst but a side of things going wrong <laughs> in my life at the time. So, uh, it was actually interesting how personally, uh, moving uh that the, his death was. Uh, not only the fact that he helped inspire this podcast, uh, along with Cinema Sins, which I've talked about uh, a couple times, um, you know, it's the co-optional podcast and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's a really good documentary, and you guys should check it out. Uh, it's on different level. The, the, the YouTube name is uh, different level. I I just saw it, and I just I I was really moved by it. So, <laughs> you guys should watch it. But uh, otherwise, I will see you guys next quest and on that quest where will you be haru i am at the canst of gran on twitter uh there's been a lot of retweeting of weapon videos recently 
but that will probably slow down as they consolidate everything into one glorious trailer. Wait, actually, it's E3. It's probably not going to slow down. I lied. No, it's going to keep coming. It's going to... It's one week. One week away. I know. I'm glad I didn't go on vacation during E3. I would have been so sad. <laughs> <laughs>